Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In this episode, we go over the topic of bulimia nervosa from the psychiatry section on MedBullets.com. Let's start this topic with a clinical snapshot. A 22-year-old woman presents to her university health center for a primary care appointment. She admits that she thinks she is, quote, fast and feels extremely self-conscious about her body. She describes having various periods of strict dieting interspersed with days when she binges on candy bars and dessert foods. She says that she would keep the candy bars and desserts hidden in her closet and eat them late at night when her roommates would not be able to observe her. She notes that although she feels some relief immediately after a binge, she feels extremely distressed afterwards and has started making herself throw up. She is engaging in binge purge episodes about five to six times per week. Her BMI is 21 kilograms per cubic meter. This is a case of bulimia nervosa. Let's now get into the topic. Let's start with an introduction about this topic. In terms of an overview, bulimia nervosa is an eating disorder marked by recurrent episodes of binge eating accompanied by compensatory behaviors such as purging. In terms of the epidemiology, the prevalence is 1% in the U.S., It is 0.5% for males and 1.5% for females. In terms of the demographics, it is more common in females than in males. The main risk factors are jobs or hobbies that require rapid gain or loss of weight such as wrestling and bodybuilding or emphasize a thin body type such as ballet and cheerleading. In terms of the pathophysiology, it is the result of a complex of psychosocial factors. In terms of the prognosis, approximately 50% of patients with bulimia will recover fully. Approximately 30% of patients have partial recovery while 10-20% to continue to have chronic symptoms. Let's now discuss the clinical presentation including symptoms and physical exam findings of bulimia nervosa. Symptoms involve recurrent episodes of binge eating followed by compensatory behavior. This includes eating a large amount of food in a discrete period of time, feeling loss of control during the episode, and common compensatory behaviors include self-induced vomiting, laxative use, excessive exercise, and restrictive eating. Note that episodes occur at least once a week for three months. In terms of physical exam findings, the weight is often normal or slightly above ideal body weight, greater than 18.5 kilograms per cubic meter. You would also notice parotid gland enlargement dental cavities, and the Russell sign, which is dorsal hand calluses from inducing vomiting. Let's now discuss diagnostic studies used to diagnose bulimia nervosa. A basic metabolic panel may show electrolyte abnormalities including hypokalemic metabolic alkalosis with significant vomiting. An ECG may show QT interval prolongation, especially in the setting of hypokalemia, indicating serious risk for cardiac arrhythmias. In terms of a differential diagnosis, the two main differentials to keep in mind here are anorexia nervosa and binge eating disorder. The key distinguishing factor for anorexia nervosa is food and calorie restriction and lower than normal BMI. And the key distinguishing factor for binge eating disorder are episodes of binging that are not accompanied by compensatory behaviors. Let's now discuss the treatment of bulimia nervosa. Lifestyle treatment involves cognitive behavioral therapy, which is first-line treatment. Medical treatment involves selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, or SSRIs, for example, fluoxetine, and this is particularly helpful for patients with concurrent symptoms of depression and anxiety. 
Note that SSRIs are indicated in patients who have suboptimal response to cognitive behavioral therapy. In terms of complications, the main complication is electrolyte disturbances, which include hypokalemia and metabolic alkalosis. And that's all for this review about bulimia nervosa. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session by MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that these podcasts are designed to go along with the topics on MedBullets.com, and in fact, you can listen to these episodes right on the MedBullets website or mobile app while going through the topic. If you've gotten any value from these MedBullets Step 1 podcasts so far, please consider leaving us a 5-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Also, if you are not already, be sure to follow MedBullets on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for daily high-yield content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.